Call with Dads, your podcast for unscripted conversations and honest opinions about what matter to dads. Join the call in this journey called fatherhood. Now here are your hosts to get things started. EA Maynard the man of many words and some of them could make sense, along with Mr. Pancakes, who is working to bring back family traditions starting with breakfast. Well, hi, Mr. Pancake. How you been doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. So being our first show, I imagine people are wondering who we are, other than you being some mysterious guy that, like the trailer said, might be in hiding because Mr. Pancake obviously is not your real name. Witness protection, <laughs> CIA, whatever it might be. So with that being said, everyone should probably get to know me. My name's Eric Maynard. I'm author. I've done a podcast called Author Blurb, where I've talked with different authors. That currently I have that show cut cut down for now because I'm taking time to homeschool my son. But Mr. Pancake, what about you? I mean, what's something that people can know about you? Something that we can all get to kind of learn about you and your family and what so have you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, obviously, I'm gonna I do my best to keep my uh, my identity as quiet as possible. Um, I did grow up in Florida, and uh, over time, I, I joined the military, and just part part of my life, I traveled the world. You know, uh, I spent uh, a big, long life in the military doing uh, not so nice things, uh, very very violent, uh, very bad things and i traveled the world so i i mean i had a very negative outlook on like women and children and stuff like that um over time towards the end of my military time i kind of uh i don't i don't know kind of grew out of that and found a new way i met a woman got married and uh we had a kid and like as soon as that child popped out the world completely changed like my my life just turned into a totally different thing and every outlook changed from there and then one of the ways kind of learning how to be a father myself uh doing my research i just decided to create the pancakes with your dad page i had a kind of an issue with my dad when i was younger uh he you know my parents were divorced and so we would go to waffle house and my dad would buy me a waffle with a glass of milk so that was kind of like our thing when we would meet once it was like once a month. So because of that, I kind of I really like pancakes. So I kind of took the idea and created pancakes with your dad. So there, there was nothing better than sitting there with my dad having a waffle. So, right. you know, I, I so, just thought it was great. So it was a good idea. Yeah. All right. And so basically, from what I get from pancakes with your dad is bringing back tradition, bringing back things to get. Right dads to start being part of the family being more interactive i know right. I, I understand that theory too yeah Par- partially i mean yeah I'd, I'd like to bring back tradition bring back the traditional family using things like eating sitting down at the table you know because that that was always a family gathering you know there's always the idea of gathering of the families and stuff you know we'd sit at the table eat dinner talk as a family chit chat um, and the other the other portion was the reason I kind of used the, uh, you know, the the waffle, the glass of milk at the Waffle House with my dad was that was the meeting point of us when, you know, my mom and was bringing us to visit our dad once a month because they were divorced. So I kind of want to use this to break that cycle. You know, I mean, it, it's so a lot of the statistics that I read and learned over the years is, you know, a, 
a dad that is separated or whatever, you know, it's, it's tradition, you know, it, it's common, statistically common for me to do the same thing, be a divorced dad. And then my kid be a divorced dad and so on and so forth. So the idea is to break the cycle, to teach people that that's not the way and break the cycle and move forward, be a better I, parent, be a better dad. I understand. And I know one thing I've seen a lot of that whole cycle, because there's a lot of like, and fathers usually are the examples of the cycle because you have like the abusive fathers, the alcoholic sure. fathers, but it's also both parents can have that same issue. Absolutely. But as far as we're concerned, we're worried more about fathers who are listening and even mm-hmm. mothers that want to get an understanding of things. That So our perspective right. here is letting fathers know, one, there is a you don't have to stick in that cycle. You can like literally my biological dad was kind of, well, I barely knew him. He was more concerned with work than and all this when I was growing up and even before mm-hmm. my parents got divorced, he was heavy into drugs and all that stuff. And I'll admit, yeah. when, I was, when I was younger, I drank, I did drugs, I did all sorts of stuff. Right. I mean, I lived a crazy life when I was a teenager and at least crazy for living in northwest Ohio farmlands where it doesn't take too much to get crazy out there because there's no one watching in the middle of the country. But, right. I mean, in general... Yeah, I mean, breaking that cycle, I think, is a big thing. And literally, mm-hmm. it wasn't until my stepdad, who I started realizing what a father was. And to me, he felt more like a father because he was there. And I think having him as an example was a big portion of showing that you don't have to be that type of person. Yeah. So, And I'll be honest with you, like you said, before you had a kid, you were not big on kids and marriage and all that. And me, I hated kids. I still dislike other people's kids. Don't get me wrong. So (laughs) if you see me, if you see me on the street and you see me kind of shying away from your kid, it's not because I'm, it's just basically, I don't like your kids. I don't want to be around them. And I only stand kids because my kid, either my kid is with them and Mm. like, it's, It's just what it is. I'm I'm not a big kitty person. I'm like, okay, you go and play with them. I'll stand back here and watch you, and I'll yell at you if you do something wrong. Right. So, That's why I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I'm a little bit different now. I, I like I like kids a lot now, like all kids, even other people's kids. And <laughs> I'll go out of my way to help other people's kids. But I, man, I did not used to be. I used right. to hate because I I thought kids like. I thought they were gross. They smelled. They're they're selfish, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm and now like I look at all that stuff. I'm like, you know, how could a child be selfish? It doesn't know, you know. Right. <laughs> you got to teach it that stuff. Right. Well, it's like for me, the one thing that I used to in my earlier years, I traveled a lot, mm-hmm. and then I started flying a lot, and just seeing most of my interactions with kids were, I did trade shows. And yeah. in those trade shows and in the airports and all these things, you saw you didn't really see people disciplining their kids or stopping their kids. You'd see kids just screaming, running up. I yeah. I couldn't tell you how many times I sat in an airport where a kid would run up and bump me while I was trying to read a paper or a magazine. Uh-huh. And 
Yeah. You know, when that's your only experience with them, you're kind of like those effing kids. And so anyone knows we're going to keep this clean so you don't have to worry about anything like that. But you grow, you get to a point that you're like, hey, those kids or those whatever you want to say. Literally, you kind of get away from wanting to even be around them. And like you said, now with a kid, like I, I love spending time with my son, my daughter, they're, Mm -hmm. they're my whole world. And I wouldn't change it for the world. I would, I would like to get sleep someday, but (laughs) one of these days, (laughs) one of these days. So let me ask you this. How old's your kid in general? So currently she's four. Uh, She'll be five here in the next couple of months. All right. So, Mm -hmm. My son, he's five now, and with the school year starting, that's why we're doing homeschooling instead mm-hmm. of sending him to public school. Because one, I mean, most people I imagine listening to this have looked into what public schools are and saw yeah. that. I think the last report I saw, kids graduating from high school in public school reads at a junior high level. You have all these... They're not teaching the kids fundamental stuff anymore. It's more politically driven. Right. So you have all these different factors. And at that point, my wife and I decided that it just makes more sense to homeschool. So right. if anyone's listening, they hear either a little TV in the background or a little kid kind of yell, just so you know, I have my son here with me and I'm kind of watching him in the background to make sure he's not running around starting a fire so for me anyone that hears my son in the background will know that he's there and he's just going to be part of this every now and then so (laughs) with that it's basically my household has been trying to do do whatever it takes for the kids and i think you're going the same way with your pancakes with dads the bit i know about you you seem to be very much focused on your kid and mm-hmm. trying to break that cycle, like you said, like like I said, my biological dad was focused on work, and it didn't help that one right. habit that I've had to really work at breaking is he had a very big habit of either putting down anything you did, like mm-hmm. he needed to have done it better, done it bigger, done it this or done it that. Mm-hmm. And we've all met people that's been that way. Right. So, and yeah. when when you go with that, you kind of learn that it's, a hard thing to break. Yeah. So, so what was it like when you actually had your daughter? Because, well, let me ask this. When did it change for you, for you to go from not really liking kids to loving your daughter to enjoying mm-hmm. her and all that? Right. So, um, for me, I mean, I would say like the, during the nine months of pregnancy, um, it, it almost like built up in me. Um, and I will say, like, kind of a, an epiphany went off when I first saw her face when she was, you know, she came out. My, my wife had a C-section. Um, right. So she, we didn't get to do the normal normal birth, all that stuff. And she was uh, 10 pounds, 8 ounces when she came out. So she was very large. So when the right. doctor held her up, you know. Like they held her up like this. It was like, to me, it was like, holy cow, (laughs) holy crap. And then, you know, I, I thought she was amazing. And then for, I mean, I I would say it was pretty, uh, 
our daughter had like extreme version of colickiness in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would say like the first six months was just like, oh my God, like me holding my ears, just like, please shut up. What in the world is happening? You know, because right. it never stopped. And then after, I would say, you know, I felt it, but I was just so miserable. I wasn't able to put the two together until she was probably about six to eight months old is when I really started to go, okay, this is a different world. You know what I mean? This, you know, this is, you know, it's, I look at her now, or that's about the time when I looked at her and I was like, my life and world has got to change. You know, everything, everything's different now. You know, he, he is everything. You know, my, my life is no longer mine. I I lived my life. I went here, went there, did that, did this. You know, I, I, you know, I hear all those other crazy podcasts, you know, the body counts, you know, I, I did all that. I chased women, you know, traveled the world. And that was, that was when about six to eight months, her being about that age is when I was like, yeah, my life, my life is no longer mine. It is now for her. You know, and, that's funny to hear you say that because like for me, it was kind of similar to where all the way through my wife's pregnancy, I was getting excited about it, but I didn't really feel really right. any connection there. there yet. Yeah. And even I was excited when my son was born and he was just shy of 10 pounds himself. Mm-hmm. My daughter, she was 10 pounds, but yeah. for my son, it was like when he was born, I felt love, but it wasn't like I didn't feel connected. I didn't feel anything. And right. really, I just, like you said, the first several months, I just felt very mm-hmm. angry, stressed, tired, all yeah. this because he didn't have colic, but he had like just one not being used to a baby. Right. Like, and just a baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like when my daughter was born, I was already used to it. And so yeah. I was more ready and able to deal with everything. But mm. on that first kid, like literally, yeah. I didn't even think I loved my son, which I felt guilty about. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. It was probably when I started understanding, hey, I do love him. I care for mm. him. He's my world, blah, blah, blah. And I started hearing or reading stories about other people because I started searching online because I was thinking, what's wrong with me that? All these people talk about was the day they saw their kid, they knew they loved them. And right. I'm sitting there going, yeah, I didn't have that feeling at first. Right. I had, and I mean. Similar did, feeling, but not 100%. It wasn't like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah I mean, it took a little bit. Yeah. That's the thing is people talk about, most people that you hear will say, oh, the day they were born changed my world. Well, yeah, yeah. it changed your world, but you don't, yeah. they make it sound like. And you kind of tell me if I'm wrong. Did you get the feeling that if you didn't love your daughter the day she was born and all this, like something's wrong with you in that sense? Or yeah, yes. oh yeah, you get that weird like guilty feeling because I mean it's it's almost that it's so miserable in the beginning, especially like the first she came out and it was like oh wow she's so beautiful so crazy it's you know it's an epiphany went off but still. Like the first three to four days when we were spending in the hospital healing, I mean, I I spent a lot of time overseas, you know, and, in war zones and stuff. I could tell you, I've never been so freaking tired in my life. 
Never. That baby made it was worse than like a being tired in a war zone. So it was like, man, you know, you get that miserable feeling. So you're just so angry, so miserable. And then you take the kid home and everything changes. Now you got to feed every two hours. I mean, you're basically babysitting and not the child. You're babysitting your wife. So mm-hmm. you get all these different feelings. Then you start to go, well, this really sucks, you know, because it's your first child. So you're used to you can go to a restaurant whenever you want, maybe go crack yeah. a beer when you want to, you know, go hang out and do whatever, you know, and you and your wife maybe cruise to the beach and hang, you know, you know, you can get frisky whenever you want to. <laughs> you know, that right. whole world completely changed. Now you have to spend, you're basically now a caregiver for an old woman in a retirement home, but 24 <laughs> seven is pretty much what it's like. And you go from great life to that almost overnight. So your first like six to eight months to me was like, this sucks. And then, you know, yeah. And I felt guilty. Like I had this kid and I feel guilty that I don't like it. And then over, you know, it took about six to eight months and it's like the world was like, wow, okay, this changed. It it just one day kind of happened. I know that's Mm -hmm. what it was for me is I don't remember exactly the day or what happened, Mm -hmm. but just one day you're like, you're having fun. You're laughing. You're yeah. the kids laughing. And like, this is like, my world. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> and I can say like with my daughter, it was my wife because the doctor that she had for our daughter, we couldn't mm. get our, the same doctor for our, that we had for our son, which was amazing. This, sure. this girl doctor literally half-assed everything. Didn't really pay close attention in my daughter, my wife. So my wife was like 105 pounds, 110 pounds, maybe if she's mm-hmm. wet, like dripping wet with all of her clothes on kind of a thing. Right. You know what I mean? So when my daughter being 10 point something pounds came out naturally, mm-hmm. they weren't sure. expecting her to be that big because the doctor really didn't pay attention. And they even said mm-hmm. that my daughter could have possibly killed my wife. So, right. I mean – which one brings up a whole nother holy crime. if that would have happened, raising two kids on my own. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, but, but the nice thing about when my daughter was born, I will say was like, she came out and I, I felt the feeling it wasn't for me. It wasn't instant connection, but I was still excited. I was still happy, but it was when we got home and in our own environment and, got everything settled back down and I was already used to everything with my son. So when he was a baby, so with her, it was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm already used to going without sleep on certain nights. I don't get it every night. So it's not that big of a deal because you eventually do adjust to little sleep, all this stuff. And I mean, (laughs) (laughs) like I'd say my wife, because this week we just started the homeschooling and I think I told you the nanny quit. And yeah. so my wife let my son take a nap during the day, which meant he didn't sleep till 1130 at night last night. <laughs> oh, I, by the time he went to bed, I, I was cursing because I was just tired as could be because the night before my daughter, she's having a new tooth come in, which oh, for any man. father, that's, that's just the worst time is at night, you know, <laughs> one, you feel like, what can I do? Right. And I will say children's Tylenol is an amazing thing. Right. Yeah. 
But yeah, you can you can give your kid Tylenol all day. You know, it, it does yeah. help, but it, I mean, it's not a cure all either. Oh no. And yeah, I mean, you uh, gotta you also gotta like uh, you also gotta tears. understand that the kid is different than you. You know, oh, you yeah. you can take eight Advils or you know three four you know aspirins or Tylenols and just be like uh, and pass out. Right. And you can't you can't OD a kid. <laughs> you, no. You can you give too much medicine to the kid, you can really severely hurt them. So you have to be yeah. careful. So you can only give so much, and sometimes it may only take the edge off for them, and they may still be miserable. Right, so but they, if you can take the edge off a little bit, and it helps. And so anyone, everyone knows, we obviously neither one of us are doctors. Yeah, I I design restaurants for a living, and I write books, so I make up things. So don't take my word for solid advice <laughs> ain't worth there mr yeah, pancake I, he's in hiding so we don't know what he is but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i i had to google uh uh the advil map so they like what doses well it's not advil because it's babe it's kids motrin okay so i had to like google the map for it this weight this age this weight this age gets this much is this much I, that's how i figured out what's what for all that stuff so google's a good resource for that <laughs> oh yeah well luckily for for us like my son he didn't really have that and it's not every kid has like my son i barely even knew when teeth came in i don't even remember him going through teething it really? was like one day he had no teeth the next day he's biting me and i'm like where did those come from <laughs> my daughter it's like now when she has a new new tooth coming in it's not as bad but when yeah. she first started, like the first set of teeth coming in, yeah. oh my, <laughs> nose running like a faucet. Right. And because of that, she also, now mind you, we live in Virginia. So pollen, mm. all this stuff is just crazy here. So yeah. any anybody that's, like, I grew up in Ohio where I never had any allergy issues. I'll mm. take an allergy pill maybe once a year in Ohio. Yeah. And I moved to Virginia and all of a sudden, I'm looking at which allergy pills are good for which days. And I'm like, oh, so I'll take this small one because it's a light pollen day. Today's heavy, so I'll take this bigger one and just yeah. guzzle down coffee to get it down. Mm. So, I mean, but my daughter, like when she was teething or having new teeth come in, literally she had so much stuff from her nose going into her stomach that when they try yeah. to give her milk or anything like that. So besides her feeling sick. pain, she would feel pain and then she would end up just spitting it right back up and Yeah. Upset stomach and stuff from all the yeah. you know, not running back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean my daughter too. My okay. daughter was real bad. Well the same thing with the teeth. Every time she'd start teething, man, runny nose, fevers, grumpiness crying nonstop, upset stomach, diarrhea nonstop, all the worst, yeah. just from teeth. We would be like, all right, is she sick or whatever? No, <laughs> sick. Yeah, we, we no, went to the doctor good. about it too. So the yeah. pediatrician. So he's yeah. like, he told us, and that's kind of where we also talked about, because like, like I said, for my son, the only time we gave him Tylenol or anything like that is when he had a fever. Right. My daughter, he was like, oh, well, she's teething. Give her this much medicine. Give it yeah. this often, no more than this, and all this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, one, you can overdo medicine with a kid. Right. Us, as, so. 
us as grown men, grown adults, we can, don't mind you, if you take too many Advils or something, you're going to mess your liver up. But, I mean, in general, you're going to wake up and be fine. Kids. I'm I'm ex-military. I'm ex-military, so my liver and kidneys are literally made out of ibuprofen. (laughs) Well, I would say I did trade shows and things like that for years Mm -hmm. and general merchandise shows, and I swear that my liver filters more alcohol then, because when I did those, it was, you would have people drinking, it was, I think frat houses drink less than some of the people on the road did. Yeah, so, that's how I felt about the military. <laughs> <laughs> so the same way, I was like, oh man, I, I couldn't even imagine a college kid, a college kid drinking what we drink. <laughs> oh yeah, well, it, it's funny, like, one of my hobbies is because you can start it on one day and take care of it a year later is mm. homemade wine. Yeah. And my step grandfather, my late step grandfather, he got me into it and it literally was kind of, it was years before I picked it up and started doing it. But I mean, I've got, <clears throat> I joke that because of all the drinking I did traveling, my homemade wine, I can drink, drink it like no problem while other people are getting schnookered off a of glass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's funny you say that. My my stepdad taught me how to make moonshine. And <laughs> I'm, I made moonshine for a lot of my life until I had my kid, and then I was like, well, man, it's not worth it no more. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, moonshine, that stuff can explode on you making, can it? It can. I mean, it's rare. It's rare. Yeah. All right. Well, I've never done moonshine. I've, yeah. I thought about it, but I'm like, you know. The amount of time that it takes to do that, yeah. it's just, and like I said, with my wine, I can throw everything in a bucket, let it sit mm-hmm. for a few months, throw it into another carbore, and then right. bottle it and be on my way. And it's not like I have to sit there and go, okay, I need to watch this, get this just yeah. right. Yeah. So it's a much easier and less mm-hmm. illegal process. Yeah, less illegal. <laughs> <laughs> That was well, why I haven't done it in years because it's I was illegal. Say, it depends on the state too. Yeah. Because <laughs> technically, giving wine to even your neighbors or giving wine, homemade wine to somebody outside mm. your household or family, is illegal. Cool. Yeah. So anybody that gets a bottle of wine from me for Christmas definitely did not get it from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. For I mean, sure. so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that. Our systems obviously are stronger, and that's I think one thing that people forget is kids. You, it's not just they're fragile in the sense of picking them up and like how you mm-hmm. handle them, but also what you put into their systems and medicine, right. foods. I mean, like my daughter, because we were worried about her spitting up so much with teething, yeah. one of the daycare ladies suggested Pedialyte. So we took mm. Pedialyte, cut it in half, watered, 50% Pedialyte, 50% water, because right. that stuff's sugary as can be. Yeah, it's very so, strong. Yeah, so we started doing that, and it's mm. just been habit now to give her a Pedialyte mix because right. it keeps her hydrated. Because, yeah. one, we don't want – she's at the daycare, and we don't want them just saying, oh, we forgot, forgot, and – yeah. I mean, even the daycare is like, well, that'll be a topic we get into later. <laughs> Trust me, that, that the issue I'm thinking about now is something that just, 
bugs the hell out of me. But again, topic yeah. for later. So I mean, <laughs> so are you and your wife looking at having another kid, or are you sticking with one, or what are you doing? Um. So we we've thought about it. Uh, we we've come to the conclusion that no, we're this is it. What we have is what we got forever. Um. My my wife is adopted. Uh. So there was a point in time we really really looked at adoption um and right. trying to adopt a you know a child um my wife is korean she's american of korean descent and she was adopted at birth uh from a korean family i guess over in korea or whatever so her right. whole family is white you know just a normal white family uh from michigan so she was raised from like a month old in in michigan so she doesn't even know anything about korea nothing like that um, <laughs> right. so that was something we wanted to look into um and since me and my wife are both american and we both are very kind of pro-america this and that we, we said you know it's great that they she was adopted from korea but we want to focus on adoption of a child here locally in america right. um and it just the 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 government makes it very difficult um the child very expensive very difficult almost to the point of being impossible um so we just ended up never doing that um we both got too old and now i'm i'm almost 40 and she's halfway there you know what i mean so it's kind of like yeah we kind of both decided that that that's it and then same with having a kid um she had to have some multiple surgeries after uh so she was like i'm not going through that again my body right. can't handle it. so we just decided we're done no i understand i know yeah. i'm 40 i hate saying i hate trying to remember how old i am you know at a point you just kind of stop counting and you estimate i believe i'm 44 years old so but yeah. but generally it's I'm actually pulling on my calculator to check myself here just because I'm (laughs) curious now. Yeah, I'm 44 years old. So with that, (laughs) it's just mainly like we have my one daughter. She's a year and a half old. My son, who you're probably hearing the TV in the background. But (laughs) as a whole, I mean, my wife wants another one. And I'm just like, like, you know, at this point. I'm going to be retired before they, or I'm going to be retired age before they even get yeah. out of high school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And me personally, like the reason I say retirement age is I'm personally under the thought process of never retiring. So right. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy everything. Mind you, I would like mm-hmm. to have more of a rest at certain times, but right. generally, I mean, I enjoy the little noisemaker in the background. The he, so, yeah. But yeah, once he gets a certain age, and like there's a there's an author that I talked to a few times now who I've developed a kind of a relationship with, and I might mm. even have him come on and talk with us a bit because he's at the point of his kids are grown, he's living in Texas, his kids are here in Virginia, same state yeah. as me. But it's a completely, it's a very different perspective that he has because for him, mm. he's grown in grandkids. His kids are grown with grandkids. So mm. 
besides just being a father. And I know when I talked with him, he mentioned like when before our interview that we did for the other podcast I had, he mentioned sure. to me once about how for him, when he had kids, he was just always busy, always this. I mean, yeah. you've written a book too. And like most of my books I've written was before my kids got to an age where I got super busy. But yeah. once you have kids, but once you get to that certain stage, I hear a lot yeah. of, I hear a lot of authors talk about, and the reason I associate this with authors is because I've spoken with quite a few of them. They've yeah, talked yeah, about too. how once your kids get to a certain age, you can do stuff while they're reading a book and while they're doing different stuff. And even yeah. one author talked about how her kid literally started writing a book the same time she was because of she was getting doing it her kids saw it and said okay mm-hmm. i want to write a book too and right. they published both their books on the same day yeah. which i thought uh, that was cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah me and uh me and my wife kind of worked together on uh the book that i wrote um we, we're in the process we probably have about three more in the process um the whole the whole dadisms series is going to be there's a momisms that the momisms is coming next. Uh, then we're going to do grandparents. Uh, we're going to do a version for kids. And then I'm also processing different storylines. So the, the, the justice frogs family can actually have a storyline of like doing things, you know? Um, so hopefully that'll grow into something in the future. I like the Berenstein bears. That's like right. my, and I want to do something similar to like, their kind of idea so it's like you said the uh having the kids kind of takes the ability to sit there and write all that stuff um a lot of the stuff that we do we do kind of at nighttime like right yeah like all when i started pancakes with your dad i would do all of my research and editing for my pictures like i would make the pancakes obviously during the day and i would take a bunch of pictures and I would just right. store it until later. And then, you know, I would be up in the middle of the night, like 12 o'clock at night, editing photos and making, you know, researching and collecting data and stuff, putting it all together. And then that's about the next day is when I would do all the posting and putting it out there. Um, and that that's, that's kind of how I was able to, you know, with the kid being able to do both at the same time, work full time, got the kid full time. And then I'm doing that all at the same time. So I would do it all in the middle of the night. And that's essentially what we're doing now with the books. We're doing most of it all pretty much in the middle of the night. Um, right. One of the things that I was actually going to ask you about is having the two kids because our daughter is very needy and needs a lot, but she's a single child. So we have a neighbor that's a friend of ours. They also have a single child and they're very similar age. One's, she's five. Our daughter's four. They're within a year of each other. They love each other and they play it constantly. So one of the things that we do is we uh, we free babysit for each other because, I mean, it if if her daughter comes and plays with our daughter, it's almost like frees her up from us because now right. those are playing and I no longer have to sit and focus on her. So is that is that something that it's like for having two kids versus the one? Well, like with that, for my situation – and I'm very lucky that my son and my daughter get along so well. They give each other kisses and hugs. So mm-hmm. I know some people, their kids, like 
they just didn't get along from the get-go or one child's more jealous than the other. Right. So kind of like you said, your your neighbor kid and your daughter, they get along very well. So yeah. for me, it's really – I also have that age difference too. So mm-hmm. my daughter being a year and a half old, my son being five years. Oh, so, okay. yeah. so with that, it's – he plays with her, so they play with mm-hmm. each other. It frees me up a little bit, but it's not like – I get to right. go and do anything really extensive. Right. So, like, I can search stuff on my phone. I can mm-hmm. watch. My son will tell me, tell me, hey, sister's doing this or right. sister's doing that. So, I'll take care and be like, I'll stop her. Mm-hmm. And that does help. And he watches, make sure that because we have a kitten and literally we're, we're coming close to being the crazy cat people with three cats in our house. I mean... I, I joke around as a home homeschooling family, we're starting to develop our own little stereotypical farm, like <laughs> two hermit crabs, a yeah. big thing of fish, three cats. My wife was talking <laughs> about chickens and I'm like, no, there's mm. a limit to this stereotype that we have to cut off. You know, I've been wanting to get chicken for my wife and my wife is the same way. No, no chickens. I'm like, oh, man, I want to go get eggs and stuff. But she's like, no, Oh no. Okay. Let me tell you, so I grew, I was born and raised in Northwest Ohio. And mm-hmm. so when I was just out of high school, a girl that I was involved with because my biological father kicked me out of the house when I turned the day I graduated, which is always a great thing. So the day I graduated, I became homeless and I ended up moving in with her family who let me stay at her house and all this. So they had chickens. And mm. part of the thing that I did is they lived on a farm. So they had chickens, cows, or not cows. They had chicken, horses, goats, things like that. So my job was to help out. The right. one thing I hated the most was taking care of the chickens, getting those eggs. Because <laughs> those little SOBs will peck you. And just, <laughs> like, there was gloves that we had that came up to our shoulder or not shoulders, to our elbows. Because... Yeah. If you're reaching over for one, another one will come and peck you. So it's like, <laughs> it's not just the one that you're dealing with that'll get you. It's all yeah. of them are trying to get you. So there's that. And then they just get so disgusting and dirty. And I mean, like they'll break their own eggs and sit on them. And then you have to yeah. try to get the yolk off of the, the chickens. And at a point, trust me, anybody that does chickens, more power to you. But I will <laughs> never. so so you're saying i should not take my daughter to go get chicken somewhere (laughs) that is what i am suggesting you avoid i mean (laughs) go to a farm let her see them all you like they're cute you know when for the longest time i ran by the theory of kids and dogs are cute as long as they're somebody else's yeah farm animals (laughs) I, i grew up with enough farms i can tell you they're cute as long as they're somebody else's like we have there's a little farm that's ran like as if it was back in the 1920s or something, not mm. too far from our house. I'm very happy to have my son go and see the animals there. Mm. And then when we go back to Ohio to visit family, if once he gets old enough, there's plenty of farmers that I can say, okay, you want to see, let's go see how the, how the chickens get processed. Let's go see this. I mean, mind you, when he gets old enough, but yeah, yeah, generally... Right. It's like, no, just one in a city, 
And yeah. in a city, definitely not. Because yeah. it's just, I don't know, about, I don't know about you in Florida, but here in Virginia, we have HOAs everywhere you go. Even the yeah. trailer parks have an HOA, which I find crazy, but yeah. it's like. They do here a lot, but where we live, we don't have an HOA. We don't even we don't even have a city. We have nothing. It's just county land. Oh, and nice. Yeah, I I live near the beach, so I mean, like I I not here. I'm here. I'm in my right. house. Um, I mean, I just open my front door and do this, and I can see the oceans right there. You know, what I mean, it's you know maybe point oh, nice. eight miles away from my house. So we're we're lucky to live that close. The only problem is it's we our property is only like an eighth acre, so it's very small. But, right but you also sound like you have air, the sand the beach to go play on yeah so we have plenty you, to do around us so it's not really that big of a deal yeah so for us it's we have we live in the city and we like my wife and i we scrimp and save we don't go out and do a lot of stuff so mm-hmm. we put all of our money into buying a nice property we have a half acre and it's well, it's just a hair or less a half acre who's drawing straws but the fact is is for us we have the property because we want we don't have like parks nearby we have about a half a mile away there's the school the public school which they have a park and around here when you think of a park you think of a nice big area but the parks outside of the public school parks are just really tiny so i mean literally you could probably take a minute to walk from one end to the next you know so yeah that there and i think with us we have like a little place that we have a nice little yard to play in so both my son and my daughter we and i got a fenced in yard so i Mm -hmm. just let them run in the backyard kind of like after you and i are done talking it's 90 degrees here right now so i'm gonna go out for probably a half hour with him and let him sweat off and work off all this built up energy he has. And, you know, kind of that thing. So, so let's do this. We have, you and I can go on to a lot of topics and talk, which we're going to. So this is obviously just our first get to know you and letting Mm -hmm. people know where we stand and they can follow us if they want on our website, which is call with dads. We also have, a version where if you want to either leave a message, I believe it's 90 seconds that you can leave a voicemail there and we can either respond on the show with our thoughts or we can put your comments up. If you have something to say on the show, you can also contact us where you can direct who you want to talk to either Mr. Pancake. Mm -hmm. If you want to find out which one is, is he in CIA is he witness protection is he just very scared of you people knowing who he is, whatever it might be, <laughs> or you can reach out to me. I mean, all of our information is there. The podcasts are going to be there. We have articles we're putting out. Um, me, literally, on the website, you can find us easily there. What What do you think, because you handle our social media, where do you think the best place for people to reach out for us would be? Um Right, right now, our most active account would be on Truth Social. Um, I, I'm, I intend to build uh, Facebook. Um, that'll be one of the better ones once it gets going, just because Facebook's, you know, Facebook's got the the uh, le- 
legacy Facebook that's just been around forever. So their platform's just much easier and developed a lot more. Um, so in, in time, once we get the Facebook developed, um, Twitter will eventually, will eventually get one of those uh, to build as well. So basically any, any of those messages, the messenger should go through. I would say for probably the best way would be the emails through the website. You know, because it will be able to read it and it'll be a little bit more, I don't know, better platform through just direct email rather than the social media. Right. And eventually um, I will personally start working on a mail, a monthly mailing list that I'll handle. So mm -hmm. it'll, it, once we get that, once we get that settled and it'll take a while, you can also sign up for our monthly newsletter, which we won't spam you. We won't do anything like that, but We'll just give you like, hey, what our new articles are, what our podcast is coming up with, topics we might be discussing, and different things along those, even if we have guests coming on who we're planning on having on. So those are some of the things that we're looking at. So, Mr. Pancake, I have to take my kid out. He's getting more antsy. Right. I hear him in the background and all this. <laughs> yeah, I got to get said, to work, though. Yeah, I have to get back to work after I take him out, so – <laughs> I do. I did enjoy us talking. I'm looking forward to yeah, our absolutely. next talk. So with that, cool, cool. talk to you soon. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Okay.